Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. Thanks, C12. Good to see y'all here this evening. Who has a Hawaiian shirt already that they're going to wear to the kickoff? You already have one in your closet. When's the last time you wore it? Have you worn it recently? The other day? Okay. Some Hawaiian shirt people in here. Well, like uh, Justin said, my name is Matt. I serve as the Brazelton campus pastor. Is anyone, does anyone live up in Brazelton, boys? Thank you. Yes. Uh, well, cool. Come see me. We're always hanging out up there. <laughs> um, hey, so you're in this series, Dream Again. Was anyone here a couple weeks ago when Andy Brightbill shared? Yeah. Andy Brightbill lives in Brazelton. He lives in my neighborhood. We hang out all the time. He's awesome. And he talked about uh, the idea of purpose. And then last week, who was here when Annette spoke? Annette, what a great pastor she is, and she talked about this idea of spiritual gifts. So Andy talked about purpose, and Annette talked about this idea of spiritual gifts that God's actually wired you specifically on purpose. Uh, And tonight, I kind of want to bridge those together, and I want to talk about purpose. I want to talk about uh, spiritual gifts, but really in light of how God means for you to combine those things and make an impact right now in your life, like because God intends for you to make an impact right now. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to dive into that this evening. But I'm, I'm actually going to just pray again. Justin, can I do that? I'm going to pray one more time because uh, you can't pray too much. If you haven't learned anything at church, you can't pray too much. Um, and I want to pray because here's what I know is true. The Holy Spirit uh, beat us here tonight. Like the Holy Spirit was the first one here. And the Holy Spirit knew you'd be in the seat you're in. And the Holy Spirit actually has something to say to you. And it's not about my words. It's about what God wants to speak to you. He's crafted a specific message. And so I want to pray that we would just have open eyes and hearts and ears uh, to hear what God has for us tonight. So as I pray, you prepare your heart for what God wants to say to you. So would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we believe those words that you have something for us. That it's not an accident we're here, it's not a mistake we're here, even if we didn't know we were coming here 20 minutes ago, but then someone picked us up and now we're here. God, that was intentional. And I pray that you fall like rain. I pray that you bring wisdom, God. I pray that you bring guidance. I pray that you bring conviction. I pray that you bring a unique thought and message to each person in this room because you are that specific. And so we offer you this time We offer you our hearts. Don't let us leave the same. God, would you let us be changed? And would you give us ears to hear? We love you, Jesus. You are our champion. You are our savior. We pray all this in your powerful name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, listen, we're talking about the fact that God wants to make an impact through you, your life right now. And like, if you just, it's interesting, you look at the Bible and you see all these people making an impact, right? You see, you see David slaying giants. You see Moses parting the Red Seas. You go to the New Testament, you see Paul, you see Peter, they're launching churches and they're preaching on street corners. And people back then don't think they're weird like they do now. If you preach on street corners, there were thousands of people and they were uh, coming to know Christ through their message. And it's like, oh my gosh, these people are making such an impact for Jesus. That's incredible. And you know what? Maybe one day I'll make an impact like that for God. You know, maybe one day I might have an impact like those people had an impact for God. But right now I, uh, I work 
Uh, I wait tables at Olive Garden, okay? So, like, I don't, and that's really what I did in college. I waited tables at Olive Garden. Like, how am I going to make an impact waiting tables at Olive Garden? Has anyone ever worked at Olive Garden? You worked at Olive Garden? One day, okay, there you go. <laughs> Tells you all you need to know, okay? Tells you all you need to know. Uh, you might be like, well, I'm in college. I'm in my second year of college. I'm going to college next year. Or, or like, like, I'm in this transitional season. Life doesn't necessarily feel stable. And I think that's what we can agree on as a young adult. Life doesn't all the time feel stable. You might be in an internship. You're looking forward to your dream job, but you're not quite there yet. You're in a season of waiting. You're single. You want to not be single, but you're single. And you're like, maybe I'll make an impact when I'm not single. Maybe you live at home with your parents. No one slays a giant when you live at home with your parents. Okay. You just don't make an impact that way. And you're like, listen, I'll make an impact later. I'll make an impact later when I get the job, when I get the family, when I get out of college, when I get out of my parents' house. I'm going to make an impact later, but there's not really a lot that God could do through me right now, not in this season. And uh, I can relate to that. Uh, so let me share a little bit of my story. Last time I was here, I told you about how uh, nearly eight years ago, I should know this date, but about eight years ago, my wife and I got married uh, around this area. And then the next day, I should, know, I should know the years, okay? I should know the years. I cannot do the math right now. It was 2014. So that's, uh, that's eight, almost eight years. Glad she's not here tonight. Um, so we get married right around here, cross-country road trip. We moved to California. We do that uh, because she got her dream job. She was a worship pastor at a church out there, and I was in ministry. Um, but I kind of put that on hold uh, so we could get married, which is a, uh, was a really smart choice by me. And then we moved out to California, and I, there was no job at the church, okay? I wanted a job at the church. There's no job at the church. So I got a job at a restaurant. Now, this was a casual fine dining restaurant in a really fancy hotel right across from Stanford University. So think a lot of money, okay? There's a lot of money floating around. It was a restaurant where you have like specials and you serve things like foie gras. Did I say that right? Uh, you have wine tastings. Like it was this kind of experience. Uh, I didn't want to be there, right? Like I wanted to be in ministry, but I, I was in a management position. I wore a suit and tie every day. I walked around and checked on everyone as they were eating their really fancy food. And uh, I was thinking like, God, I don't really know what you can do through me right now in this season. Like, when I get in ministry, I'm going to make such an impact. And I've got, oh gosh, this was a frustrating season for me. The worst story was, um, it was a really busy day in the restaurant, and some kid spilled something on the ground. And like, our busboys or whoever were supposed to clean it, they were busy, we were slammed. So I'm in a suit and tie, and I'm like, I'm going to go over and clean it. And like, I get on the ground, and I'm cleaning the stuff off the ground. And this lady looks down at me. And she starts ripping me because we don't have her favorite scones. And I'm like, what the heck? This is the worst. Like, can you at least give me the dignity to wait till I stand up before you yell at me? I'm cleaning your kid's crap up and you're yelling at me about scones, okay? I was like, this season sucks and I will make an impact for God when I'm in ministry. Hey God, I wanna be in ministry. Can you get me out of here? I'm gonna make an impact, but, but not now. Like, God, what are you doing right now in this season. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you felt like that, like, God, there's something on the horizon, like there's something in my future, but it feels like now you're not doing a ton. Like it feels like now there's not a lot that you could be accomplishing through me. 
Hey, when I, when I have more money and I can like, like fund someone's college scholarship, you know, I'll make an impact. Or, or when I'm a little bit more stable and I can serve somewhere, I'll make an impact. But now not much is happening. One of the main things I want to tell you tonight is this, this is a lie. <laughs> this is a lie straight from Satan. This lie is meant to stop you from what God wants to do through you right now. Okay, here's the lie. Here's the lie. We got it here. I'm holding back now so I can have more of an impact later. I'm holding back now so I can have more of an impact later. And here's the thing. We often think that when the enemy wants to take us out, like he wants to blow up our life. And, and sure, yeah, that's true. Like he wants a moral failure. He wants, you know, headline news that we've just messed up our life. But, but why would he do that if he could simply immobilize you? He doesn't have to blow up your life if he can simply immobilize you and say, not, not now. No, no, no. You're in school. You should study. You should study. I'm not saying you shouldn't study. But, but no, no, you can't. Don't go to church tonight. Don't go to small group tonight. Don't serve in this season. Not now, not now, not now. You're busy. You've got things. But when you get in the next season, then you will. Hey, guess what? The next season's going to come. And what lie do you think the enemy's going to tell you in that season? Well, hey, I know you were going after that job. Well, now you've got the job. You better work hard to keep it so next season you can do it. Oh, hey, I know you said you're going to wait till you get married and then join a small group. Well, now you're married, but focus on your first year, just you, you two, right? Don't bring other people in. Oh, uh, when you have kids, then you can serve. Well, then you're going to have kids. You're going to be like, I don't have any time to serve. Okay, so just wait till they get into elementary school a couple years down the road, right? And then you'll have time, and then you can make an impact. Why would Satan blow up your life if he could just immobilize you every season? He doesn't have to. So you fast forward and so many people and you've seen it and you know them, maybe you know a 50-year-old, a 60-year-old and you look at their life and they've lived a life of non-impact because they've been waiting on the next season and the next season and the next season and then retirement. And when I'm in retirement, then I'll do it. You don't want, you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want to live that life. And let me tell you this, God doesn't want you to live that life either because the truth is God means for you to make an impact in this season. Let me tell you why. The kingdom of God is present tense. The kingdom of God is happening right now. It's specific. It's intentional. You don't even have tomorrow yet because it's not here, but the kingdom of God is happening right now. Jesus came and said, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. There are things to do right now in this season. And so I want to help us think about that. I want to help us live into that in this time that we have together tonight. And I want to help uh, frame this on, on, on where we start, because God definitely has something for you to do in this season. But how do we think about it? What's the specific impact God wants to make through us? So I want to look at, uh, I really like the way the Apostle Paul describes this in 2 Corinthians. And so, so if we're going to start somewhere thinking about our impact, like how God might want to make an impact through us, we have to know what God's up to. What is God already doing? What is God's plan? How do we fit into it? What's the big picture? Then we'll talk about your specific impact. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is passed away and behold, the new has come. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself 
through Christ. If you want to know what God's up to, God is in the business of reconciling us back to himself. Okay, I'm not an artist. I'm not very good at this kind of thing, but this will draw the point home. Uh, So this is what God's up to right now, okay? Tell me if you can't see it. I'm going to write really big and ugly. This is God, okay? This over here, this is us. This is us, C12, right here. This is Justin. Here he is out in front leading and Alex. These little clusters of people. And then we've got this over here, another cluster of people. Hey, Olive Garden guy, what's your name? Zach. This is Zach, okay? This is Zach at Olive Garden, okay? And then uh, raise your hand if you're in school right now. Who's in school? What's your least favorite class? All of her classes. She hates them all. She's naming all of her classes. English. Okay, and what's your name? This is Ashley. This is Ashley right here, and this is Ashley's English class right here, okay? This is all of humanity over here. We don't forget Justin up here, okay? This is God. This is all of humanity, and we are separated, okay? This is what this verse is talking about. It's talking about how through Christ, we were separated, but through Christ, God, Jesus brought us back together. What was separating us? Sin, okay? You've heard this before. Sin was between God, between us. So here's what God did. Here's God's plan. Here's God's mission. God sent Jesus right here. Jesus, really bad handwriting, I know, sent Jesus on a rescue mission for us. That's Jesus's, that's reconciliation. And he did not remove our sin. He took our sin, right? He took our sin on his back. He took our sin and went to the cross for that. But He eliminated it, and he removed the dividing wall between us. So this is really good news, okay? This is the gospel. This means that Jesus made a way for us to come back to God. That's the gospel. That's what God is up to. So we could now have a relationship with God. And this is amazing. This is incredible. Uh, Don't let the incredibleness of this pass you by. It really is good news. And I want to give you, uh, I want to give you one thought here. What the first thought is this. God saves us from our sin and consequences. God saves us from our sin and consequences. No longer does this sin count against us. And that's the first benefit of the gospel. The first benefit of the gospel is this. Your sins are no longer counted against you. Okay? Your sins are no longer counted against you. Everything you've done, everything you're doing, even the ways you're sinning right now, you're probably not sinning right now, I'm just kidding, but even the ways you might be sinning today, or tomorrow, or next week, God has erased that. He does not count them against you. Uh, In the Psalms, David says that Jesus has cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. As far as the, how far is that? It just, it's infinity. It keeps going. That's how far your sin has been removed from you. This is good news. You know that sin you keep messing up with? You know that time you did something that you regret and you're replaying the tape in your head and you're feeling like some shame and you're feeling like some condemnation? Uh, Jesus threw that tape away. Jesus is not replaying the tape in your head. This is what the gospel does for us. You don't have to live in the shame of it. You don't have to live in the condemnation of your mess ups. Uh, One of my Favorite uh, biblical stories about this, and I've been thinking about this because of Easter, 
Uh, Jesus was on the cross, and there were two criminals beside him, and one was mocking him, but the other said, that guy's an idiot. Listen, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this guy, who had never lived one minute for Jesus and was not going to survive the rest of the day, you get it, right? He never had an opportunity to go serve the homeless for Jesus. He never said his prayers at night, okay? He never led his family spiritually. He never did one thing for Jesus. What did Jesus say? Today you will be with me in paradise. It's like the grace of Jesus was overflowing. It's like, how's this guy gonna get in? He's barely even said three words to Jesus on the cross, but Jesus said, no, you're coming too. That's how greater is his grace than your sin. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, let's keep going. Second benefit of the gospel. Your value and your worth, they now come from Jesus. Your value and your worth, they now come from Jesus. And, and you tell me, right, we live in a world that tries to tell us how valuable or worthy we are, right? What are some places, just shout it out, that we go to to get value and worth in this life other than Jesus? Social media, parents, gym, yeah, all these, right? All these, like, listen, social media, they try to tell, social media tries to give you value and worth. So I'll put social media here. Who here, like, if you post something and you get a thousand likes on it, you'd feel pretty good. Be honest. Come on, I would. Listen, come on. Hey, who here, you post a picture of your lunch yesterday and three people see it. One of them is your mom. Like, it kind of makes you feel bad, right? You're like, oh my gosh. Like, I get it, right? But listen, you don't get your value and worth from how many people like you on social media, okay? You know that. How much did God say you're worth? The price of his son. The very life and death of his son. Not how many likes you get on your steak midwell at lunch the other day. Don't eat steaks midwell. That's gross. Mid-rare, I should have said. Okay, where else? Where else? Relationships. Boyfriend, girlfriend. Anyone ever tried to get some value and worth from your boyfriend or girlfriend? Okay, Things are going well, things are going good, you feel great about yourself, and then things crash, and it doesn't just crash you a little bit, but it obliterates your world. Like, because are you looking for value and worth from boyfriend or girlfriend? Or we could say just culture in general. Somebody said the gym. Okay, there's so many things we look to to get our value and worth, but the gospel replaces it. The gospel says your value, your worth comes from Jesus. List goes on. You have access to the Holy Spirit. You get God's guidance and power through prayer. The benefits of the gospel are endless. And we can stay there for a long time. But here's the truth. The verse doesn't stop there. We often get caught up there. It's a good place to get caught up. But it doesn't stop there. Let me keep reading the verse for us. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting our trespasses against us. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We receive the gospel. We sit in it. We soak in it. 
God saves us. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but it doesn't stop there because the truth is God intends for you to now be on mission with him. So, so here's, here's the way I've been thinking about it. God not only saves us, he sends us. He doesn't just save us for ourselves so we can have a great life. <laughs> and so often you'll sit in a message or you'll hear a teaching and you'll say, God wants to give you a great life. God wants to give you everything you want. No, no. God wants to give you everything you would want if you knew what God wanted, okay? God doesn't want to give you a great life. God wants to give you a sent life. He, you, your first priority is you're on mission with God. That's the first and most important thing about you. So there is no, there is no saved without being sent, okay? They're one and the same. And so because we've received Jesus, we're following him. We're now on mission with him. We're now following him. We're now, this is great. Uh, the verse, it doesn't have to be up there. I have it in my head. We are ambassadors for Christ. This is mind-blowing. Think about this. God is making his appeal to humanity through who? Through us. Doesn't he know us? Doesn't he know me? <laughs> like, I'm not, the, I'm not the one God that you want to make your appeal through. But he says he's making his appeal through us. It's incredible. Here's what this means. Here's how you make an impact today. Here's what God means to do through you today. This means that every person you come in contact with is your mission field. Every single person, yes, even the one you don't like. Yes, even the manager at Olive Garden. Yes, even the people who are weird and sit in your chemistry class or English class. Like, yes, the people at the grocery store. Yes, your mailman. Yes, your neighbor. Every single one of them is someone God has placed in your path, and they're your mission field. Every, this gives incredible meaning, not to a year down the road or five years down the road or 10 years down the road, but to write now, and earlier in these verses, the Apostle Paul says this, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. It's not just another person. No, no. It's someone God has intentionally and strategically put in your path. It's incredible. This means that Zach at Olive Garden, look at this. Look what Zach is. He's a Christian. So he's Christ's ambassador. And so God looks down and says, oh, yeah. Zach's there. He's going to make an appeal for me. Yeah, yeah. Because you know God's already doing something at Olive Garden, right? God has intention there. God, the Holy Spirit is active there. So, oh yeah, I got Zach there. And maybe there's a couple other Christians there. I got a little team of them there. And Jesus is like, I'm super pumped about this because I'm going to make a difference here because now they're going to make an appeal on my behalf to these other people who I desperately love and am trying to reach. That's God's plan. Okay, so, so Ashley's in English class and she hates it. Gosh, this is the worst class ever. But Ashley... Ashley is a Christian right here. And then Ashley's been strategically placed around all these other people, and they're not just classmates. They're people God dearly loves and is trying to reach and has placed Ashley on purpose there to make an appeal for Christ, to be his ambassador. Hey, this doesn't just matter outside the church. God doesn't just place us strategically so that we reach those who don't know him yet, but he places us strategically so we can build up those who already do. So Justin, he's a Christian right here. There's a bunch of other Christians here. Okay, now what's their purpose? We're going to build each other up. We're going to spur each other on to love and good deeds. And this is intentional. 
So do you greet here at C12? How many people would you say hey to out there? Have you thought about that that's an intentional divine interaction that God preordained before the creation of the world for you to partake in? What? What? That changes every interaction we have. Do you lead a small group? Have you thought about that God handpicked the eight people in your small group so that you can make an impact on them and they can make an impact on you? God handpicked it. He knew it. He's ordained it. Goodness gracious, this changes everything. God's making an impact, but he's using us to make an impact. Let's keep going. Not only is every person you come in contact with your mission field, that's why you can make an impact right now, but catch this. Everything you have is something God has given you to move his kingdom forward. Everything you have. What do you have? What do you have? You have, you have an apartment. You have a 1997 Civic. What do you have, all right? Every single thing you have, God has given you so you can intentionally use it for his kingdom to reach the people in your mission field. You might say, I don't have much. I would tell you there's a story about a kid who didn't have much. He had some fish and some loaves of bread. What did he do? He gave it to Jesus. Who made the difference? Not what the kid had. It's what Jesus did. I would tell you the apostle Paul, what did he have? He had a jail cell one time, and he started preaching the gospel, and people came to know Christ. Do you have better than a jail cell? You got an apartment, you got a house, you got something. I would tell you that Moses had a staff, David had a slingshot. It doesn't matter what you have. It matters that you offer it to God. Doesn't matter what you have. Offer what you have to God and say, God, you've given this to me. I'm gonna use it for your kingdom. I'm gonna use it to build your kingdom right here and right now. So maybe you open your apartment to lead a small group. Maybe you offer your car to drive people to work or to church. Maybe you offer someone your time and a listening ear. And you say, I've got some extra time. Who can I take out to coffee and invest in and say, how you doing? How's your life? What can I pray for you about? What do you have? What can you use? You might say, I'll do that later when I have time or a better apartment. I would say, don't let the enemy immobilize you. You have incredible, incredible impact that you can make right now. She may be saying, okay, 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 I get this, I get this, I'm right there, I'm tracking with you, the people around me, I get it, and the stuff I have, I got you, but what are some other practicals? What are some other things? And, and this, uh, I've got three things for you, but this first one's really important, but I need to give you a caveat for it because I could easily give you a list of 10 things. Go buy someone's coffee, and, then, and I just told you, go buy someone's coffee, invest in them, and go do this, and sell your car, or give it away, or whatever. Like, yeah, I could give you a list of things to do to make an impact but I don't want you just to check a list, okay? Because Christianity is not a, a work harder checklist religion, okay? And Jesus isn't interested in you just doing some things. Jesus is interested in turning you into a person who naturally does those things. So what do we have to do first? We have to draw near to Jesus. That's the very first step in making an impact for God, for the people around you right now. You have to draw near to Jesus, think about it. The apostle Paul said, we are Christ's ambassadors. Who does an ambassador represent? Who? The king, whoever sent him. 
right? And so if I'm going to be an ambassador somewhere and someone asks me a question, well, oh gosh, I better respond like the king would respond. And I better hold myself in a way the king would hold himself. And I better have conversations the way the king would have conversations. We are Christ's ambassadors. You can't make an impact unless you kind of smell like Jesus a little bit, you know? You got to be around Jesus. I was talking with this guy a couple weeks ago. He's probably around your age. He's newly married. He's working kind of one of his first jobs. And he was telling me about how he's been anxious and things have been frustrating for him. And he's thinking about his next job and he's thinking about his purpose and he's thinking about how to provide and he's thinking about money and, he, and he's anxious. And he goes away to this retreat for business people and part of that time was to to go out in the woods and spend some time with God, some intentional alone time with God. And he said he went to this one place and uh, he wasn't really hearing none. So he went to another place and he kind of settled in and uh, he, he was praying and he pulled out his business card and it said like, like marketer and, and advertising and video editor. And it said all these things. And he said in that moment, God prompted him. In that moment, he erased all those things, marked through them, and he just wrote, son of God. I'm a son of God. I've been living my work life and, and, and everything I've been doing, like I'm all these other things and preoccupied with what's gonna be next and how do I get there? And I'm not saying it's bad to think about the future and have dreams, but he, God shifted his mindset to its first priority. I'm a son of God. I'm gonna carry myself in every way. He drew near to Jesus and Jesus stepped in and changed something for him. My question for you today, for this one, is what is God calling you to step into in your spiritual journey with him? What's the thing you've been holding off? And you're like, nope, it's time to step in. Is it like simply this? And I say simply, but it's a really big deal. I gotta spend time with Jesus every day. Like I just gotta spend 10 minutes in the morning with Jesus every day because Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And what do you do with bread every day? What do you do with food? You eat it every day. So it gives you life and sustenance. Well, Jesus is saying it's the same thing. So if your soul feels withered and worn and tired throughout each day, just kind of ask, did I spend some time with Jesus this morning? Take that step. That's revolutionary for your soul. Maybe it's, it's time to serve on a team. It's time to jump in. It's time to be in a small group. It's time to really do this community thing. It's time to join the prayer team. God's put it on your heart lately. Step in. Maybe it's to get baptized. We have open baptism this Sunday, every campus. Go to a campus. Walk up to the front, get baptized. That would be a powerful thing you could do to draw near to Jesus. The closer you get to Jesus, the more impact you'll make. Here's the second thing. Every day you wake up in the morning, ask God specifically, what do you want me to do today? God, would you put something in my path today to give me a moment to make an impact? Would you make it clear to me you don't have to pray for 15 minutes. You can pray a one minute prayer and say, God, show me. That's enough. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Ask God. And then here's number three. Pay attention when the Holy Spirit nudges. Pay attention. Again, I'll go back to what I said in my prayer at the beginning of this. The Holy Spirit is always activating ahead of you, okay? You're not gonna activate the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's always out in front. We're trying to catch up. We're trying to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit's up to. So if you think a thought in your head, and I'll tell you how it works for me, 
They just sound like normal thoughts, but sometimes I think that might be from God. If you think that, act on it. If you're 10% sure, act on it. Because if you act on something that you might be 10% sure of, who then are you placing your trust in? The Holy Spirit. Hey, Holy Spirit, it feels like 10% you, so I'm gonna do it. I don't wanna talk to that person, but I'm gonna do it and trust you and see what happens. Pay attention to Holy Spirit nudges. We're gonna do that in this moment, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give us an opportunity to practice all three of those things. And then we're gonna put our tr trust on the Holy Spirit to provide. So we're gonna take about 30 seconds, a minute. We're gonna kind of sit in silence. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, who is one person in your life that God is calling you to make a specific impact on? Coworker, friend, parent, aunt, uncle, someone here at C12, and let's see who God might bring to your mind. So take 30 seconds, pray that prayer, and then I'll come back up. God, we offer you our deepest level of gratitude in this moment. God, we don't look past the gospel. We don't look past what you've done for us. We don't look past that we were lost in our sin and our shame and you rescued us. Just like the woman I talked to this morning who was on her deathbed at 22 and you came in and she gave her life to you and she's getting baptized this Sunday. You don't leave us where we're at. Just like the people in this room caught in our sin, caught in our shame, you tell us we're not bound by it anymore. That we have freedom in the gospel, freedom through what you've done, freedom through who you are, so we don't move past the gospel. God, we take in every ounce of it we can. Fill our hearts with it. And then let it explode out of us as we get to be a part of your mission. You said you came to seek and save those who are lost, and we've found ourselves in this place where we're found. So let us go seek and save those who are lost. Give us the eyes to see Jesus. Give us the ears to hear. Give us the grace to go forward. God, out of the overflow of what you've done for us, we pour out everything to you. We just wanna be faithful to you. We just wanna move your heart. We just wanna see where you're at. So God, whatever you're asking me to give to you today, I give it, tell them, I give it to you today. I pour it all out for you. 
as we sing this song, pour it all out to him. Give him your yes and whatever he's asking you. Don't leave anything behind. Seal this moment as we praise him. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12 Stuff. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.